One of those, this is one of those times. Definitely one of those times. Listen, we're going to be back in a few minutes um, with uh, NPR after, after the NPR yeah. station, right? Okay. Yes, so it's NPR time. So check us out right here on the Sunday Forum on WMNF 88.5. And the Sunday Forum is up on Facebook again this weekend, just now. Just, just, just open it up just now. Check it out. Um, we'll be right back. WMNF Tampa. This is the Sunday Forum. You can also write as DJ at WMNF.org. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. A rogue Russian mercenary force is continuing to withdraw from positions it seized in a 24-hour insurrection that began late Friday. But as NPR's Charles Maines reports, instability from the uprising is lingering. Members of the Wagner mercenary force pulled out of the southern Russian city of Rostov-on-Don to cheering crowds overnight. A column of Wagner armored vehicles that had rumbled unopposed to the outskirts of Moscow were spotted heading away from the city. Wagner chief Yevgeny Prigozhin says he ordered his forces to return to base to avoid bloodshed in a deal believed to have been negotiated by the Kremlin's ally, Belarusian strongman Alexander Lukashenko. Under the agreement, neither Prigozhin nor Wagner fighters will face prosecution, and the Kremlin exiled Prigozhin to Belarus. Less clear how President Vladimir Putin handles the mercenaries' demands he remove his defense minister and top generals accused of failures and incompetence in Ukraine. Charles Maines, NPR News, Moscow. The uprising by the Russian mercenary group is raising numerous questions about whether Russian President Vladimir Putin will be able to maintain his grip on power. Evelyn Farkas is the executive director of the McCain Institute. She says even though the uprising was short-lived, it showed cracks in Putin's overall strategy. This is an incredibly shocking, I think, challenge to Putin. You could see when he gave his speech to the Russian people, the anger in his face, and you could hear it in his voice. Um, He was knocked off his game. And I think that there are many, many people and groups that will challenge him, will try to take advantage now. The leader of the Wagner Group has been increasingly critical of the Russian military, accusing its leadership of incompetence. Vice President Kamala Harris is once again calling on Congress to restore federal reproductive freedoms. Nick De La Canal from member station WFAE reports Harris marked one year since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade during a speech in Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday. Supporters cheered as Harris condemned Republican efforts to restrict abortion access and called for more legislation helping families and pregnant women. Stand because we believe medical decisions should be made by a woman and her doctor, not politicians. Stand if you want to end the crisis of maternal mortality to institute national family and paid leave. More than a dozen states have banned nearly all abortions over the last year, Bans in eight states have been blocked by courts. Next week, North Carolina will ban abortions after 12 weeks, with some exceptions. Protests were held elsewhere, marking one year since Roe was overturned, including in Washington, New York, and Atlanta. For NPR News, I'm Nick Delacanel in Charlotte. This is NPR News. WMNF Tampa. Investigators with Canada's Transportation Safety Board have launched an investigation into last week's deadly implosion of a submersible near the wreck of the Titanic. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, many experts had raised a number of security concerns before the launch. Officials with the Transportation Safety Board say they will look into all aspects that led to the implosion of the Titan, killing all five people inside. Investigators began interviewing crew and some family members on board the Polar Prince, the Canadian-flagged support vessel that towed the Titan to the site of the Titanic last weekend and helped launch it on its ill-fated dive. Officials are also collecting details from the ship's voyage data recorder and other systems. The head of Canada's TSB, Kathy Fox, says the investigation will look at safety issues and how to prevent similar future accidents. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police will also begin a preliminary probe to determine if a criminal investigation is needed. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. 
Cleanup crews are on the site of a bridge that collapsed over the Yellowstone River in Montana. The bridge broke apart on Saturday, sending a freight train carrying hazardous materials into the water. David Stamey is the chief of emergency services in Stillwater County. Right now, we do not have any calls for the train derailment or the bridge collapse. Officials have shut down drinking water intakes downstream while they evaluate the potential impact from the accident. I'm Windsor Johnston, and you're listening to NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Walton Family Foundation working to solve social and environmental problems to improve lives today and benefit future generations. More information at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekday mornings right here at 88.5 FM. You'll hear the same fearless investigative reporting on topics too hot for the mainstream media. Tune in to Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekdays right after the morning show. That's right here on WMNF, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, Lakeland, Clearwater, Winter Haven, and Venice. Hey, it's Lindsay from the Caribbean Cruise, where we play all Caribbean music from the classics to the latest. Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. here on WMNF 88.5 online at WMNF.org or through the WMNF mobile app. Let's talk about that garage. It could be so much more, but that old car you don't use, it's just sitting there taking up space. Make room by donating your vehicle to us. We'll have it picked up at no cost to you and proceed support WMNF. Learn more at WMNFcar.org. Hi, I'm Sean, and I hope you tune into my interview show called Tuesday Cafe every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 WMNF. I interview environmentalists, politicians, social justice activists, academics, and other experts about topics that impact you right here in the Tampa Bay area. I focus on issues that are important locally and across the whole state of Florida. The show is called Tuesday Cafe with Sean Canan. It's every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa, and on WMNF.org. That's right. Tune in to hear Sean on Tuesday on the Tuesday Cafe. Jeff Bardelli is going to be joining him. He is the meteorologist, I believe, from Channel 8 News, talking about how warm it is and how the storms are getting even more ferocious. So that's 10 o'clock this Tuesday morning here on WMNF. Right now, you're tuned to the Sunday Forum, Walter L. Smith II and the Fourth Estate Crew. We're bringing you the information and the music and taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663. And you can write us, dj at wmnf.org. Walter? All right, all right, all right. Here we go. We are back at it again here on WMNF 88.5. Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete, surrounding areas. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II. And my man, man, Mobili on the ones and twos. Yep. Killing it over there, Mobili. Killing it, dog. Killing it. Hey, man, listen. We have a... You know, I, I, think, I think this show today... It's been about the woke, dispelling the myth of woke, so to speak, or, or, what, or, or setting the record straight regarding woke. Mm-hmm. I, you know, from one perspective, I think that's what we're doing. Uh, but we're keeping woke real. Staying woke, like Stand the NACP's bus tour, right? Yeah, the <laughs> bus tour, man. You know, um, the bus tour was this past week. It was outstanding, I understand. Uh, I was not here because, you know, I was in Boston. But I understand it was outstanding. And let me tell you, man, you know, this is this is real. What we're doing, it, there, there, is, there is something coming right now. Something major. Let me tell you, 
Sierra Club. Sierra Club is transitioning, is changing entirely, right? The head of the Sierra Club is the former NAACP president, national president, Ben Jealous. And he will be here this week. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's here in meetings with us, of course, as we're talking about some things regarding regarding the direction of the organization and the work that we're doing regarding environmental justice and environmental racism. And as we uh, talk about that, there will be some people from this community who have been involved in the process of fighting against these things, and they are going to be there speaking and and giving their narrative or adding their narrative to the meeting, right? And I think that that's most important, most, most important. Uh, let me tell you, we've got to get on, I keep saying it and I keep on saying it, we've got to get on the front lines of this discussion regarding these environmental impacts and things that are happening to our communities. We got to. There's no, I don't know, I don't, I don't think there's, uh, there, there are some people who like to ignore it uh, and probably, I guess, say that it's just not, you know, it's, that's not what's happening in some cases. Then there are those people who are paid to not say anything at all. And then there's a whole other segment that want to say something but don't know what to say. Right. They under they believe that governments and corporations should do something, do more, be forced to do more. So there are groups who are going to actually sue governments. I haven't heard of many lawsuits against corporations, but I'm sure when you get talking about Exxon Mobil and people like that, you, oh, you're yeah. hearing about them facing lawsuits because of the the information they've hidden about climate change and the fossil fuels contributions to that. Right, right, absolutely. So okay. you want to you want to get involved in this, folks. You want to get involved in it because this is a human rights issue, right? And, and let me let me go back to something that I think people miss, right? And that is that when we look at the the history of our presence here, mm-hmm. when you look at the history of our presence here, it's been a consistent human rights violation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we've actually looked at it that way as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's been a consistent violation of human rights our entire time here. Yeah. To, when, when our civil rights were being violated, they were being violated because they were in the middle of violating our human rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, when we think back to when we think back to um gosh. Think about this for a moment. Uh, okay, so let, let's let's look at let's look at uh, people don't look, do we talk about the slave trade? No, let, let's look at the slave trade. Let's look at it for a moment, okay? Mm-hmm. When you think about the fact that they they white folks who were involved in the slave trade, packed our ancestors into the bottom of a boat. Mm-hmm. And threw some overboard when it was too heavy. Right. Like like you would throw over barrels of rum. Mm-hmm. Right? So you throw over people. In the hundreds. Sometimes. Depend, depending on what the situation was. Or how many you had on on the ship? That's that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is to is to consider that. So, well, first of all, human rights violation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, 
human rights violation. The next violation is consider that you're standing on the block being sold. Forces down the block being sold as people are inspecting your mouth, teeth, and and, and everything else, uh, private areas and stuff like that, as though you are cattle. Mm-hmm. Human rights violation. Number two. Then you look at the hundreds of years of free, not not paid labor, free labor. The 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 in excess <laughs> the inaccessibility to, to land, right? To ownership of anything. Because we weren't considered to be human beings. Mm-hmm. Another human rights violation. Being told that you can't read, that, that you can't enjoy the, the air or anything like that, can't breathe, can't do anything unless they tell us we can do it. The, the, what, the living quarters in which we lived or our, our ancestors lived in, the, the, Thing the 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 working conditions in which they they worked, every the bearing of children. So let let's but let's stop right there. Let's put a point in the bearing of children for a moment. I had a conversation with some white women uh, about two weeks ago, and in this conversation, I asked them. I, I was talking about we were talking about human rights, right, and human rights violations. And I asked them. I said. Uh, let me ask you, do you know what a breeding farm is? Hmm. And they said, no. I said, historically, you never heard of a, of a breeding farm. I asked them again. No. Well, what, what is it? I said, well, after the slave trade, okay, 1808, the slave trade was ended officially. There were still people that were violating it, of course. But nevertheless, slave trade ended officially in 1808. When it was when when farmers and and slaveholders began to realize that this was the end for them transporting slaves, mm-hmm. uh, transporting Africans over and enslaving them in that way, so so we couldn't go ahead and get the source, go back to the source anymore. Couldn't go back to the well. Well, they did instead was create breeding farms. And they sat there in total disgust and awe as I described to them what a breeding farm was. These women, I've never seen women, white women, look as disgusted as what they were when I told them what a breeding farm was. So for those of you who do not know what a breeding farm is, let me let me um, let me enlighten you. When the well ran dry and there was no ability legally to go to Africa and bring more Africans back to the Americas, in the United States of America, the there there was a need for more slaves, more black people not anybody else just more black people and so so what they did was take women black women and they find they find they have several of them who are of breeding age uh usually age 12 to it can be anywhere from age 12 to um you know anywhere whatever the breeding range is right would have been uh, probably around the late 30s, mid-30s, uh, usually around the 20s. And they would have one, maybe two, black men that they called a buck. Okay, mm-hmm. He would go and he would have sex in front of all these white men with these women, each one, and inseminate each one back to back. Back to back. 
Okay, there are records of this. There are actual renderings, artistic renderings of these things happening. And there are descriptions of people being, of, of these bucks being beaten as they are doing this, by the way. Okay. So it didn't matter if the woman, if the woman was a relative. It didn't matter. None of that mattered because we were not considered to be humans. So to go and have sex with each one of these women back to back to back as much as they possibly could until they until they waited a while and saw if they were impregnated or whatever it was. So you have all these women and these children are being born, and as soon as they're born and they're suckled for about uh, a couple of months, I'm not sure exactly how many months, but suckled for a couple of months, they take these babies, infants, and sell them. Did you hear me? They take these infants and they sell them to another farm. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Of, there, there's no one. I'm not, I'm not, no. Let me, let me be clear about this. There's absolutely no one, no one on this continent that was treated that way except for us. We're the only ones that were treated that way. Not to take away from anybody else's stuff, and I'm not apologizing for a damn thing. I'm simply saying that this is what happened to us. Solely. There's no record of anybody else being treated the way that we were treated. In this way. Yeah, it essentially became a, an institution of sex slavery. Really? Yeah. Do you understand? The, the, America... I'm telling you right now, if when, when, when this idiot says, if he says, if, if I could get my hand, you put me in a cage with this man. <laughs> I, will, I, I Oh, my gosh. Whoa. You feeling like I, 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 Conor I, McGregor right now? Yeah, I want to get, I want to <laughs> get in, a, I want to get in, a, every time he says it, I want to punch him in his stupid face. <laughs> Right, and I mean, this is this it informed the the history of this country, you know, and the way relations have unfolded in this country, and how laws against you know certain marriages have unfolded in this country, and you know, you can't really take solace in the fact when you say. We are, the Republicans say, we are the party of Lincoln. Lincoln wasn't no saint. I mean, he did not see us as equals. He didn't believe in those. No, he didn't. And didn't see that, didn't like the idea of free free blacks hanging out in the same country as enslaved. Mm -hmm. You know, because they might cause an uprising. So... Don't say you're the party of Lincoln and think you're saying something. You're, that's you're no really anything. no different than the party of Trump. Don't uh, not saying anything. Not not one bit. Not one bit. Just stop it. Stop it. Stand up there, salute, man. Come on, stop, bro. Stop. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that listen, man, white people, let me let me admonish you now, <laughs> please. Stop invoking the name of Dr. King. <laughs> and please stop talking about the party of Lincoln and how Abraham Lincoln did this, this great thing. It, okay, the Emancipation Proclamation was great. Okay, without it, we wouldn't have had Juneteenth, right? Okay. Yeah, but with it, without it, you also had a civil war, and that's yeah, exactly. not like you did it out of the goodness of your heart. That was violence. They to still face. mistreated us. In the camps, we were still oppressed. We were cooks. We were cleaning. We were doing slave labor then too. And and and, and they were hanging us in our uniforms on the northern side. So let's not let's not act like this didn't happen, folks. But okay, that that's I'm using these historical discussions in order for everybody to understand the realities of what this idiot is saying he went you know 
stop with thinking that that there's something glorious about what he's saying. He's not. He's an idiot. He's, there's, there's nothing smart about what he's saying at all. To sweep under the rug what I just described to you, these women, for the first time, were hearing this, and they were disgusted. These were white, four white women who were, they said, wait a minute, what? We, ne- we never read that. We never knew anything about that. Right. And so waving the Confederate flag to this day means that you are basically supporting that garbage. That's right. Because that was your that. way of life. That was your economic base. Right. A human rights violation where you treat our women like that. So you that, that means, so what do you think about our women then? Ooh. Uh, let's not forget the whole idea, the begin talking, adding to the sex slavery, the whole idea of a concubine. You oh, know, man, the fact listen. that our women were just fodder for sexual dalliances with the slave master and his children, and you were going to be bequeathed to his uh, children after he dies. It so. happened to my aunt. I had an aunt that that happened to. Hmm. She, was, she was brought here to Florida from Virginia to Madison County in what they call Cherry, uh, Cherry Lake Cherry Lake Plantation. Wow. And then she died right here in Hillsborough County in 1911. Hmm. Truth. That's our story. That's part of our it's story. Our, it's, start, it's part of our story. We got a call. Call in 813-239-9663. You know, this woke garbage that he's talking about, um, you know, trying to discredit woke. The anti-woke. And, and, and none of these white folks, none of these white folks that have gone online have been, and, and talked about it in any or tried to talk about it in some substantial way has ever been able to describe what woke is. That's stupid. The fact you right. can't even say that is stupid. It shows how xenophobic you are. Exactly. Please. And do they know how stupid they look and sound? Oh, my most God. Of the time? Go ahead, call her. You're on the Sunday Forum. Well, maybe not. Let's start over again. Go ahead, call her. You're on the Sunday Forum. Uhuru. Uhuru. What's going on, Brother African? What's going on, Brother African? All right, all right. You know, I really appreciate this discussion so far. Um, one of the things, you know, so I, I just want to you know, chime in a little bit. Uh, one of the things you said uh, earlier, or you mentioned, was human rights, right? And I remember being in a college classroom once and asking this, or saying to this professor, uh, you know, everybody has the right to live or something like that, right? And he um, asked me, you know, well, where does this right come from? And it, it stumped me. It was an incredible question, I, I, I for which I didn't have an answer at the time, right? And, um, you know, he, he, I was like, you know, you know, everybody just had a right. You know, where, where does it come from? And since I was stumped with that question, I went to uh, the man uh, whose you know, knowledge and understanding of the world I trust most, Chairman O'Malley used to tell him. And I asked him, I said, I told him, I said, Chairman, you know, I was in class, and this is what happened. And he said, uh, well, you know, if you're talking something like human rights, civil rights, whatever, you know, you know, everybody, you know, confers that right upon themselves. You know, um, that right exists to the extent that you make that right exist. And so um, a lot of us, it seems, uh, uh, have been hooked into, of course, you know, things like religion and idealism and, and stuff that, you know, these abstractions where once, you know, I think last week you talked about the word free, you know, like what's the definition of the word free? And most people right now can't give you a concise, you know, uh, six uh, words definition for the like the word free which means you know um having the the lawful the the legal and uh political rights of a citizen i mean you know that's like that's when we talk about free like being a free person right that's like the western dictionary of free and what most of us deal with these abstractions and you know these these lofty notions and ideas of what a word means and or, or, or what a word um uh, uh, connotes and so when you say right you know I, I agree uh you know there's been a violation of those human rights but you know what's our responsibility in making sure that that we called the line in the sand to say that these are our rights and you can't have them. You know, you can't take them. It has to be, in my view, a point where, um, I mean, like uh, Henry Highland Garnett said, let your motto be resistance. He was talking to 
enslaved Africans and every other colonized person who uh, would read or hear his words. Let your motto be resistance. And colonizers have been so artful, so crafty to make us believe that it's something wrong uh, with resisting. It's something wrong with violence. I, I said the other day, maybe on this show, that uh, uh, the, the guy who's the sheriff, what's the, what's the guy, Chronister, uh, 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 Ted Chronister, uh, uh, a newspaper quoted him as saying that, you know, there's never, you know, uh, uh, violence is never the right answer, right? But he ha- he, he leads this whole team that, that has an arsenal of weaponry, you know, aimed, you know, built for nothing but violence, right? And, and so but they can make the, the colonized believe that, you know, we should do something passive, something prayerful, something peaceful, uh, uh, to maintain our rights. As a matter of fact, the only damn thing we can do, uh, according to them, to, to maintain our rights or to, to regain our rights is to vote for one of them, <laughs> you know, or somebody that, that they say is all right. And, you know, that's absolutely absurd uh, and probably borders insanity. You know, the reality is there's nothing wrong with violence. Even in the Bible, uh, Jesus says, be as uh, 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 as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And some people think Jesus was a pretty good guy. But, you know, a dove, you know, you try to attack its young if you want. You know, try to attack uh, the mother if the dove's big enough if you want. You know, try to attack the flock if you want. I mean, even ants with little bitty ant brains. If you go stick your finger in the ant hill, you know, in the little ant mound, right? Watch what happens. All the ants coming. They don't need Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, nothing. They're going to do something to you to make sure that you never want to do it again. That's right. And I'm saying even, you know, African people, oh, you, you know, and, and, and the ants say, you know, we have the right to be here, right? And, the, and they act like it. And so that's what we have to do. Too. We have to stop listening to the colonizers, tell us how they think we should solve our problems or what they think we should not do to solve our problems and make sure that we have the right to damn live. You know, don't nobody have no right to choke us out because they got a badge. Don't have nobody no, have no right to shoot us down because they got a badge. No, 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 that's absolutely insane. I'll say this now and be quiet. Um, like, there was a difference in Africa, uh, in the in the resistance in Africa between before the 1940s and after the 1940s. Before the 1940s. Uh, most of it was peaceful resistance, you know, uh, 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 like civil disobedience type of stuff, uh, 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 job strikes, uh, protests, sit-ins, and the rest of it. No, no, uh, very uh, little record of violence uh, on the continent uh, prior to 1940, right? Uh, you know, in this colonial situation. But what happened uh, was in uh, the 1940s, after World War II, uh, or during World War II, the colonial powers sent uh, the uh, 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 African people to fight right next to white people in World War II. And African people, because when, when white people showed up to Africa with the gun, we were petrified. We, we, we were mystified by white people with this, you know, stringy hair, pale skin, blue eyes. And then they had this gun thing, you know, that you, you shoot it and people fall down. And so they were just mesmerized. Nobody never shot at white people. So they never saw, you know, white people, uh, you know, terror, you know, how, how the gun affected white people. But when they got to the, the, uh, to the, the battlefield and, and fought next to white people side by side, they saw them pissing and, and moaning and groaning and vomiting. And when the gun hit them, they saw them bleed and fall and die because of the gun. And some smart Africans said, oh, this thing works on them too. And when they went back home, after the 1940s, after World War II, that's when you see the, 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 the unrest, uh, the resistance in Africa become violent because Africans had seen the same power that the white people had to, uh, uh, with the gun to, to, make, to, to bring African people into submission. African people could use that same gun. That same gun worked on, um, on white people, too. And so, uh, in my view, uh, and, and again, it's not, this is no call for violence at all. This is just call for intelligence. You know, uh, you can't let the colonizer tell you to be one way uh, uh, when it comes to solving your problem and while they solve their problems another way because uh, it, it, it just ain't going to work. Just, you know, uh, if we begin to solve our problems the way they solve uh, their problems, then we're going to be a problem for them. And, right. um, yeah, so if, if we have the right, then we have the responsibility to protect and maintain that right and uh, just... Uh, yeah, you know, and, and that's, a, that's I'm glad you pointed that out, brother, because because this governor has done everything to try to take that right from us. Make no mistake about it. The felonious the felonious uh, 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 legislation that that he uh, has come up with 
has been one that for, that that has been used already, and he's making an example. They're making an example of five people right now. The what they call the Tampa Five um, right now are facing charges of what ten years, about ten years, it's crazy. Uh, in prison for for protesting against uh, discrim- uh, uh, the the DEI. Um, the what what is that uh inclusion um the, the inclusion policies of USF and and you know that when, when we think about that it's like um you know when, when your mama when your mama smack you to tell you tell you behind up one good time and you're like man I don't know if I want to do that again well that's and, and it's kind of like that people seem to be acting or responding in that manner and I'm not sure. I'm not, no, I'm not say this. And that's just not the way to react. That's not the way to react. And I don't like the fact that that we're that we are not reacting in a more um, intelligent uh, and forceful, forceful way. Yeah, forceful is, is, is the right way to do it. I mean, I just don't. I, I, don't, I mean, that's you know, probably why that's probably why history is being kept. You know I mean, if I look at just the history of Mississippi, especially of Natchez, the amount of rebellion that took oh. place there. I mean, that was no problem when they saw they needed to arm themselves right. and rebel. They did. Right. And that right. include Native and African that's right. American populations. I just, mm-hmm. I just want to jump back in and say on what you said. You know, this is, you know, you, you talk about the Tampa Five. I, I don't I haven't met them yet. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm supposed to think have an interview with them on my show on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to um to meeting them and, and hearing everything that's going on. But what I, I what I do know is um I, I, there's an, I, you know I love these African proverbs. Like this is African proverb that says, "Don't beat the drums of war unless you're ready for a fight." Right. So I don't know, um, you know, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. You know, what I said a bit ago is simply uh, a, 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 a admonition, if you will, to, to those of us who, um, who, who've been taught and, and persuaded and bamboozled by colonizers to, you know, to, to, to fear violence or think violence is bad or like violence is never the solution. I mean, that's absolutely, that's, that's just poppycock. And uh, so I'm not, but at the same time, uh, uh, organization has to take place first. Right. The, the right. Understanding the critical question uh, of, of colonial domination has to take place first because it's not just Ron DeSantis. It was the same way with Barack Hussein Obama. If it wasn't worse, you know, Barack Hussein Obama probably killed more African people around the world than any other president ever in America. You know, so it's not about the the, the the person, the individual who is sitting, you know, uh, pushing the buttons. It's it's, it's about the, the whole game, you know. Uh, and so we have to we have to overturn, you know, um, the, the 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 colonial the the, the, the colonial mode of production that dictates and drives, uh, you know, uh, the, the viciousness that we see uh, uh, colonizers levy on us every day. And, but we have to, we, we have to, in my view, um, uh, 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 you know, begin to organize and, and just say stuff the right way. You know, stop talking about, you know, these abstractions and, and, and really dig into, you know, ain't nothing wrong with reading. Uh, you know, I, I said I was going to say that what I said and be quiet, but I, this is like, I talked to a friend of mine the other day and, and, and we just, I, I just, kind of came to the conclusion that it's, it's human nature, if you will, uh, at least, you know, in, 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 at least in America, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's commonplace for, for people to just want to do what's easy, you know, get married, get, you know, get into an argument, fight for somebody, to, it's just divorce. Don't, 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 don't work with it. Don't speak, just divorce. You know, the child acts some kind of way, take them to the colonizer doctor, they say ADHD, put them on medicine, get them a social security. They could do what's easy. You understand? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the people, you know, don't go do it yourself. Go get a job. You know, um, you know, just do what's easy. Don't, 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 you know, uh, plant your own herbs and take vitamins and minerals, you know, uh, you know, so you don't stink in the bathroom. Go get the poop spray, uh, poop smell spray or whatever they sell. You know, I mean, just just want to do what's easy. Always want to do what's easy. What's easy? What's easy? But the reality is, if we're gonna get out of this mess that we're in, we're gonna have to do what's hard. We're gonna have to do the work. We're gonna have to organize. Right. Right. We're gonna have to sacrifice. Right. We're gonna have to give up. We all of us can't be the damn leader because most of us ain't smart enough to know what it takes to get up out this morass. We are gonna have to do what's hard. 
you know, put self behind yeah. organization, put the future ahead of the present. We ought to be able to believe, even if we can't see the finish line, that there is a such thing as free and, and do what's necessary, even the hard stuff. Stay away from the easy stuff. Do what's necessary, even the hard stuff, to get free. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Thank you, Brother African. We sure appreciate you, man. Uhuru. All right. Uhuru. Uh, I guess the question is always in the end. It's, it should be the question that you start with. What is your goal? Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Uh, you know the bus, the 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 bus tour um, that recently took place. You know what are we trying to accomplish with that? Right. We're trying to get people motivated, get people up, get the morale up, because th- this governor's administrational regime. I call it a regime, has has done everything to break down the morale and to beat and to break our spirit. Right, that's on purpose. That's by design. And we cannot let them break our spirit. Right. We cannot let them do that. Let's go to our next call. Go ahead, call. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. This is Simon from Lakeland. Simon, what's going on? Good. Since someone uh, mentioned my name, first of all, the great state, of Wisconsin. I went to the University of Wisconsin, the Berkeley of the East Coast. Many rankings consider it top number 25 in the world. I also went to Marquette Dental School, but you don't have to call me doctor. Anyway, um, you know, the topic always seems to be about a white man and you know, when I look back at history, I'm, I'm surprised that there's not more of an emphasis on what happened when you look at 1494 in the Treaty of Tortillas, when Pope Julius II divided the new world between Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. And you look at Brazil, and I, you know, anecdotally, I would probably think there were no breeding you know, no breeding houses of the atrocity you mentioned terribly. Because Brazil, if you look on a map in its close proximity to Africa, would just kill the slaves and replenish them because it was right across the ocean. That's exactly what they did. Okay, very different than what the United States did. Now, and if you look at Henry Louis Gates's uh, junior... Five percent of blacks in the in the transatlantic slave trade came to America. Ninety-five percent, you know, Walter went to South America, Cuba, Guatemala, Mexico. You, you, you know it, right? Right. Yet the emphasis is on the white man. Now, what I have difficulty with is that. If you're going to look at atrocities within humankind, we could be talking for millennium how how terrible they were and what human beings do to other human beings. But what I was interested, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Malcolm Life was called out by a gentleman, and Malcolm Life came into the studio. It's a life, life Malcolm. Life Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm, like Malcolm, I'm right. sorry, I apologize. Sorry. He, he's, he's an attorney. He, he's done quite well for himself. He's worked very hard. And he came into the studio to address the individual. And what I took from that was, is there a possibility that he lives in the black community? Because what I would say is if you look at Chinatown and you look at uh, Italian that, that live together, you look at the acidic Jews in Brooklyn, the wealthy people as well live in the community. Now, I don't know, Walter, if you live in the black community, but I would think that if you bring money into the community and wealthy people who are black and professionals live in that community and start investing in that community instead of what many have called black flight is that you would have, and I don't know if I should be staying in my lane, 
But let's get it done. Stop talking about it. Well, I agree with that. And, and I just want to say Life Malcolm does very much live in the black in community. community. Yeah, okay, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Now, here's an example. Here's a gentleman that's passionate enough to live in the community and try to change his community. And kudos to that. There is a Walgreens right down the street from the radio station that's empty. Why isn't that turned into a health food facility? Uh, it's kind of hard right now since the interest rates are up by the Federal Reserve. It's hard to get loans to do those things right now. So, You know, Mabili, Jewish people get things done. Other okay. people get things done. They have a network, certainly. Listen, the black community's got $1.5 trillion buying power. You've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got wealthy athletes. And it takes I organization. Think, I, I think, I think, with all due respect, maybe you guys, your organization, don't know the players. You know what, Simon? Let me tell you something. I, I, I would tend to, I would tend to agree with what you said. And, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Um, nothing you said. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with what you just said. Nothing wrong with what you just said at all. Not one. Um, because we're still trying to figure, there's a lot we, that, that we have roadblocks on, that we get roadblocks on. Um, and there are entities that, for whatever reason, they get a kick out of putting a damn brick wall over everything that we do. For instance, there's no... God-given reason in my mind that the former Winn-Dixie, um, and I keep talking about it all the time, but that the former Winn-Dixie here in, in our community on 22nd Street in Hillsboro um, has not been turned into another grocery store mm-hmm. or, or so, something that was run by somebody from our community. It's not like we don't have people who are grocers who live in our communities or people who... who uh, I don't know what that is, but we've been searching, we've been working at it, and trying, and, and you know, and working at that. And we need thing. more produce. We in do these need, stores. yeah, we do need more of that. So, Sam, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, I agree with everything you said so far, and and and, uh, and, and let me just say, we invite you, we invite you to give us information if you have information that would that would help us to know who the players are and if you are a player and how to network like help the us. Jewish community yeah <laughs> help us get get it you know hey no one's no one's saying don't participate we're just right. saying listen man if you're not going to help get out of the way don't come don't come around us if you're not going to help you get what I mean and I think I think what you said has been very very helpful, truthfully, and I, I want to thank you for that, Simon. Well, he he lit up the phone line, so you want to get these before we have to Absolutely, get off the man. air. Go Absolutely. ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Uh, thank you. I uh, have uh, something to say about what Simon said, but uh, I wanted to touch on something you uh, the the previous uh, conversation where you talked about. Uh, the Tampa Five. Yes. And uh, the Tampa Five are a wonderful group of, of people, wonderful group of, uh, of young women, uh, real fighters, uh, politically very sound. In fact, uh, Laura Rodriguez, uh, Ms. Laura Rodriguez, uh, who's part of your show, is, is one of them. You know, yes. One of the ones that was attacked by the police. Uh, not a very big person. You you can see, you're not mm. a very, very big person. Yeah, she had the courage to uh, protect her, her, uh, her friends defend them from the police. Most people would allow, would just uh, turn around and run in fear and allow themselves to be, uh, you know, used and abused and, 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 uh, and, 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 and mistreated. Uh, you know, they were, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think they could be, uh, you know, put down for not doing what they were doing, uh, what they should be doing. And in fact, just yesterday, they had a wonderful uh, conference, a huge conference. People came down from Denver, Colorado, from all over Florida, from Tallahassee, from uh, Jacksonville, from Miami, from all over the place to support them, to back them up. And, and uh, I think I think they're fighting back the right way, you know, by organizing themselves, by by uh, calling for support, by building a, a political base to uh, to defend themselves. And, and uh, you know, I think I think they're 
I think the the system, uh, you know, if if uh, I mean, I, I think they're going to pay a price for what they're doing. You know, I think that, I think that young people are getting organized very, you know, very, uh, you know, very well, and and politically they're very sound, very, very, very. Uh, it's, it's a tough group. You know, it's not. It's the first time that I see a group of people acting very strongly against the Santi. You know, mm-hmm. nobody, even uh, even Democratic Party. It's, it's like you know, they, they did hold a. Uh, an event last week uh, somewhere, but I, you know, a Democratic Party that has Jane Castor as the main speaker, I think is out to lunch. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to now take a very credible campaign to protect the people. You know, when when you have somebody who who who, uh, who lies uh, when when a young man is shot a hundred times and she comes out lying, talking in favor of the police and saying that the young man was a uh, was shooting at the cops and. No gun was found, you know, the, the young man was unarmed, you know, so, and biking was black, while black, and, 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 and throwing people, uh, you know, out into the streets, uh, you know, by selling out to, to developers and, 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 uh, and, and enacting eviction uh, uh, laws and, and stuff like that that are, that are really unfair and, and wrong, collective punishment, you know. So this, this, really, this group is really an example of, of, uh, of what needs to be done, what needs to happen in the community, you know? They're, they're very strong, they're very clear. Politically, they're very sound, you know. So anyway, I, I just wanted to say, you know, that we, we're going to hear a lot more from this group, a lot more. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, the five young women, very solid, very strong, and yeah, they're going to be on, on, on live show uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway, I wanted to say that, I, 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 uh, and... and um, uh, I didn't want to take too much of your time, but I did want to say something about Simon. Simon is out to lunch, you know? He, he's a sick individual. He continues to attack the community, and he's wrong. I, I think he's wrong for comparing the Jewish community to the black community. The Jewish community in this country has not been persecuted as the black community has been, you know? It's a small community, very, very wealthy, and I'm not, I'm not attacking them uh, on, on, on a racist uh, way that, that, uh, that, that uh, you know, that... that uh, you know, the clan or other groups have, have uh, come up with, with uh, you know, the, the, the typical things, you know. But I, I don't think we can hide information either. They have gotten a lot of handouts, a lot of support. They don't get persecuted by the system, you know. Right, uh, they, right. They, I'm not saying that there aren't groups like the Proud Boys and other groups that, that, mm-hmm. that, that do attack them. But uh, not as much as the black community. The black community is not allowed to organize. Anytime you, allow to, you try to organize yourself, the, the, uh, the system comes down on you. You know, no, no, right. very vicious and and, and and visitor way. You know, so uh, you're not allowed to organize. You're not allowed to to uh, uh, run, rule and run yourself, run your own operations. Right at WMNF, you have a a, a, a a Jewish representative of a Zionist organization that says they have two billion dollars. You know that distribute that they distribute. They say between the U.S. and and Israel. I can bet 90% is in Israel, and, and, uh, and, and you know they have no compassion, no heart for for the Palestinian people. So mm. I, I think I think Simon trying to compare the two communities. I think he's out to lunch. You know the the uh, the, the, the uh, Jewish community is allowed to uh, to organize. It's allowed to have you know uh, uh, you know billions of dollars. The black community is attacked anytime they try to organize for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know. No. Yeah, you're right. The, the you cannot compare the two at all. Not at all. Um, there, as I said before, there are all types of robots, and every time that we've tried to do something significant, uh, there's, you know, there's always, for whatever reason, one thrown in, right in front of us or a carpet pulled from up under us. But whatever the attack is, there is an attack of some sort in that, that stymies anything that we try to do. And uh, not quite sure why that, that is um, a consistent response to anything that we do. Um, it's part of their DNA at this point. You know, it's, it's a reaction yeah, to any time yeah. we have a grievance, any time we rise up to fix and resolve a crisis problem in our community. It's you know, the black codes kick in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's keep a it's part of their neck. DNA. Yep, put a boot on the neck. That's it. That's right. So. Get your boot off our necks. Go ahead, caller. Well, You're right. on the Sunday Forum. Thank you for having the time. I am the caller who's previously called and given myself the name old white man and i say that not as a joke but to identify that not old not all white men and old white men and jewish white men like simon etc 
not all of us are blind to the unique trafficking and oppression that African Americans have experienced. And anyone who tries to compare it away or say the Holocaust was worth ridiculous. Number two, Governor DeSatan, Donald Trump, and all of his followers are as dangerous as Hitler, Mussolini, and all of their followers. And I want to say finally that your show is really, to me, the last of the real spirit of progressive radio that used to be on almost every show of WMNF. When I've tried to have similar discussions with other show hosts recently, since they got rid of Lori, etc., I was shut down like I was crazy. You guys are the spirit of true resistance, true honesty, and you let your callers say what they're going to say, not that you're endorsing things, but that you're not afraid of the full progressive talk show community that calls in. Yours is the only show that does not censor. And you guys know why you don't censor is because the rage and the insanity, you want it all out there on the show for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I love That's you guys. Right. I love you guys. I wish I was rich. I, would, I told you before, you should have a podcast. You should have everything. Hey, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. You have a great Sunday, brothers. All right. Peace Thank you. You, you, too. Peace to you. All right, got some more callers. Walter, 813-239-9663. Running out of time, but go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Simon summoned me like Candyman. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do live in the, in the community. Been here for 28 years. Ain't going nowhere. Never. And um, I, I just wanted to say that I, the thing is, Simon, and I, I really appreciate the comments because you made it important to point out that all those groups, you know, you say every other group, all these other groups get stuff done. None of those other groups call themselves some kind of something American. Nobody called in and talked about the Jew Americans. Uh, the no other, we're the only African people are the only people who are handcuffed by this hyphen, uh, hypnotized by this hyphen. And that's one major reason that our, our uh, lack of a clear national identity is one major reason why we don't get stuff done as uh, as an African nation like other nations do. So I just wanted to point that out. Ooh. All right, all right, all right. All right, back to the phone lines. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Sunday four. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. So I just wanted to kind of circle back to, I think it was two or three callers ago. He was referring to the Tampa Five and how wonderful they are and, and passionate and brave. and And this is, Gosh, I think you guys could do a whole show on what I'm about to ask. But my question is, why don't we have more groups like that in the state of Florida? Where is the passion? Where's the organization? Where's the mobilization? Um, And I do think it's something in the culture. I mean, you look at Chicago and New York and all these progressive cities. People are constantly protesting. You know, the the BLM movement was beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. And I feel like with all of this recent hateful, quite frankly, anti-American legislation that DeSantis has passed, there is no better time for a movement. There's no better time for protests happening every weekend in the streets. I live in downtown St. Pete, and last night I walked across the street um, to watch the Pride Parade. It was beautiful and wonderful, but again, five prides later, I'm wondering, especially now, What's going on? Why don't we see more anti-DeSantis um, uh, uh, memorabilia out there? Why don't we see some 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 speeches thrown in? You know, it's it's so I'm, I don't know why that is, why the culture of Florida is like that, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about so that we can incite change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You would think now would be it would be obvious that now people would be outraged in in the street, but you know, DeSantis is also losing in the courts on a lot of these laws that that the legislature has propped up, propped him up with, such as the anti-trans laws, a lot of the the laws against uh, medical treatment for the trans community, and uh, which is I, I find to be totally despicable. That's that they put a ban on those that help. Oh, that's just but dumb. it lost in court. So that's does that that dumb. sort of helps, that's <laughs> right, caller? Yeah, it's a good start. Thank you so much for taking my call. All right, Thank you're you. welcome. Thank you. Well, 
We got one more minute. You got one more call. What you want to do? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Let's let's do it. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I'll okay. your question. Call her real quick. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yes. Good morning. Uh, I would just like to quickly address all these wonderful callers that's calling in today, asking the question, why? And I, I think I want to shed some light on the why, you know, why the community is not doing more, why uh, we're not seeing more black organizations, black businesses, why are so many things going on without the outrage? Well, we won't, we won't have a chance for you to shed light on it this morning. I apologize. Well, I, I, thought, I thought you had a question that you go directly oh, okay. to. I'm well, sorry. Okay, yes. My question is, what are they doing? Besides watching and Good having to watch. Good what point. are they doing? Because we need to know. Right. Because if they went through these experiences, you know, especially the Jewish people, and they have all this intel, yeah. why aren't they not sharing it? Why right. aren't they standing back and watching? Right. We appreciate Simon's information and everybody else's information and clap their hands and all that caring on about our race and everything. But why aren't they, why aren't they with us, like, yeah, do, why, building why this thing? They can put in right. some of that money, that's too. What I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. And, and WACP ain't doing more. Why haven't these Jewish organizations partnered with the, and, 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 and share the intel and share the insight? But no, they just standing back, and I want to know why. All right. <laughs> well, thank you.